It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blackout Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, it is the Big Drive Energy Podcast, brought to you by our great friends over at Pins and Aces. Today, we're going to discuss Ludwig Aberg's first PGA Tour win, surely won't be his last, and some insane stats that this kid's had now that he's got 50 rounds on the PGA Tour. We're going to talk about Nikolai Hoygaard winning the DP World Tour Championship, Spencer's, Spencer's pick, my pick. <laughs> <laughs> my pick, I forgot who I was, but my pick to win the DP World Tour Championship came through plus 2,500. Uh, Tiger Woods made some news and the TGL made some news in the last week. And also the PGA Tour stepping up their game a little bit in uh, in response to a potential massive shoe to drop from the PGA Tour to live uh, Liv also announced their 2024 schedule, so we got a packed show for you guys, and it is all brought to you by our friends at Pins and Aces. I've got the waffle hoodie on right now. It's a little chilly out. It's hoodie. It's officially hoodie season as we get into Thanksgiving and Christmas and December. Um, so officially hoodie season, and I'm always rocking the Pins and Aces hoodies. The waffle is the most comfortable hoodie I've ever owned. Uh, it doesn't have pockets, which some people like. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but also just for a pure looks standpoint, it's fire. Uh, and they're doing sales all over their website right now. So make sure to check out pinsandaces.com. If there's not a sale uh, at the time you go to pinsandaces.com, use our promo code BDE. That'll save you 15% off your entire order and get you free shipping. But they're doing sales after sales. Uh, follow them on Instagram at pinsandaces. They go live a lot, have a lot of sales on there. So make sure you check it out pinsandaces.com and our promo code on there is bde all right let's tee it up hello friends welcome to this tradition unlike any
off the ground. What was that, Chad? Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> So this is from Sean Martin uh, at PGA Tour S Martin on Twitter. A real conversation between two tour winners at Starbucks this morning. Player one, there is no world where we'd be able to beat Ludwig on a consistent basis. Player two, I didn't know who he was. After playing six holes with him, I thought he was the next fucking tiger. What a win from him, man. That's It was an impressive weekend. Yeah, it really felt like his coming out party. Like I, I tweeted it as like, please just let Eric Cole win. Like Eric Cole it, and Eric Cole's had a phenomenal season. Like obviously he was my betting pick. If you follow our betting picks, which you know I don't advise tailing mine, um, but I would say that uh, in terms of like you putting them out there on a weekly basis. Ludwig's gonna beat almost everybody in that tournament like eight or nine times out of ten. And he just this might be the last year we see him playing in an event like this. Like he's just too fucking good. He's gonna be in all the majors, he's gonna be in all the um special event. What are they called? The um elevated events. No, I don't even uh, think they're called elevated anymore. I think they're um preferential, um ex- extended, exterior. Ex- accelerated um yeah like i forget what the events are called but he's going to be basically in everything um there is a statistic that he jumped over three thousand world ranking uh spots just this season in 11 events um which is absolutely insane but he's already top 25 in the world now is he not or is he 30 he's like 30 right now Okay, I'm having a dyslexic moment. I couldn't remember if it was like 32 or 23. Um, I could have the note in front of me, but, you know, that's just not how I roll. Uh, But, yeah, the dude – so I was looking more into, like, what he's good at because you watch him and you really can't tell by the naked eye what he really excels at. Uh, But his ball striking, um, specifically off the tee, is already top five on the PGA Tour in terms of distance and accuracy so when you come out of college averaging 317 off the tee and you're already top five in distance uh you have a big leg up on pretty much everybody in the field on top of it it feels like he's even with his irons i was looking into more advanced stats and some of those are somewhat misleading um but he has the highest conversion rate of birdie or better going for the green in two on the pga tour in those it this season statistically so i think that obviously plays a big factor into uh his scoring because if you're driving it that long and then you're converting the most birdies or better of anybody on tour going for the green on a par five then you're automatically like you can almost write down four birdies for him on the par fives and i think he was second in scoring average on the entire pga tour uh for the season so i mean the dude he made it 10 cuts in 11 events first season wasn't even a full season because he just left college like dude is absolutely insane he i I think i don't think it's a hot take to say he'll win a major sometime in the next two to three years 
No, he's like that guy that you can now place a the outstanding like every major bet and just yeah. feel good about it in the next in the next eight majors, I would say. Here's some stats as well. Uh, like I said, now that he's completed uh, 50 rounds on the PGA Tour to be included in the statistical rankings, strokes gained off the tee, he's second. Total driving, he's first. Driving distance, he's sixth. Green's hit percentage, he's third. And average approach shot proximity to hole, he's second. So, That'll I mean... <laughs> that'll do it i mean that yeah. that uh you know it doesn't bring putting into into you know what how his putting is but i mean we've seen uh scotty scheffler win plenty of tournaments where he's not been great at putting and he just has otherworldly ball striking skills and his otherworldly off the tee so that's kind of what we're seeing with with ludwig and um, he's 24 years old. I think another cool thing of, of him is, is that he was a part of the PGA tour U. So that's one of those things where it, it's a, a newer system or something that, you know, they're like PGA tour is trying to change a lot of things or just maybe just conforming more to the times and evolve. allowing kids to be yeah, able to get to in evolve a little bit. And yeah, they're evolving and creating PGA tour U. And now having the success that Ludwig is having after graduating from PGA Tour U is just a huge, a huge, a huge dub for the PGA Tour in general. And like I said, kid's 24. He's already won a Ryder Cup. He's now won a PGA Tour event. And he's, uh, in the words of Dion Coach Prime Sanders, he's, we not, we not coming, we here. Ludwig is here. Yeah, uh, the PGA Tour is definitely going to be patting themselves on the back. I do think that's a great program. And, um, there's going to be a lot of really good kids. There, there's no reason, like with how good college players are nowadays, there's really no reason that these kids should have to go grind through Q school. Like you said, if you can get a PGA Tour card from being a top collegiate player, because then too, it adds um, some incentive to these kids to stay in school and also play really good golf in school. Because if you can leapfrog the Corn Ferry Tour, um, completely not have to go to q school you know and these kids have all the sponsorship money anyways but uh that's 20 30 grand that you're not having to spend and and in this case like you said i'm sure there'll be some kids that you know get their card and maybe struggle a little bit and then they go back down to the corn ferry or whatever but there is going to be some home runs coming out of college that you're like these kids are can't miss and uh there's no sense in sending them anywhere else but just get them right on tour uh, but I kind of I just realized this wasn't it kind of a discussion that uh, so Ludwig was a or is it Ludwig Ludwig? Um, no, it's Ober. Sure you look at the we're, no, we're pronouncing oh, his God. Last yeah, hey, hey bear. It's Ober. Yeah, so we can't keep fucking that up. I'm sure we will, but it's I think it's Oberg, which is just sounds about par for the course for how they like to pronounce words. Um, over there we're oh uh, yeah Oberg. it's oberg so that's not too bad i but they put a little inflection on the back it's like oberg like oh bad i i can't even i can't even say <laughs> it correctly but they they don't say <laughs> just oberg. yeah exactly little they throw a little going <laughs> they throw a little roll on the end of it for you um 
Oh, I totally forgot what the fuck I was saying after this, but no. Oh, that's what it was. Wasn't he like a kind of a controversial captain's pick for the Ryder Cup? And now, like, I definitely think that Luke Donald had the uh, the hindsight correct or the foresight, I guess you would say, to pick him and just I, his forzy was on point. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get into that, but uh, he. Uh, he selected this guy and and now by the sounds of it like i guess if you stand on the range with the dude and watch him hit golf balls you're just like this guy's the fucking next tiger not you know nobody's ever going to be the next tiger woods and we throw that around a lot so i don't want to get into that but he could be another victor hovland he could you know he could definitely be at that level or maybe even that'd be a good conversation who do we think is going to have a better career when it's all said and done between victor hovland or Ludwig Aberg, because I feel like Aberg strictly Ober. God damn it, o- Oberg, Ober. Um, I feel like he's he has a higher ceiling, strictly based off how far he can hit it. Uh, that makes obviously a huge difference in scoring and ultimately winning on the PGA Tour. Um, but Victor's just been salty. Like, well, give me your thoughts on that. Well. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we, like you said, we have crowned the next Tiger Woods, and not us, but the world has crowned the next Tiger Woods like five times, and, and we'll continue to do so. It's it was Rory, it was Colin Morikawa at one point, it was it was Jordan, uh, Jordan. yeah, and so that, like you said, we don't, we should never do that again, but I think. Talent wise, Aberg is is up there with like the Dustin Johnson, which is you know his career has gone to live, so it's not he's not a as popular of a figure anymore in the you know the buttoned up golfing world that doesn't care about the Live Tour and only cares about the PGA Tour or, or whatever's right. And I'm doing air quotes there, but I think Ludwig could easily surpass Victor, but the run Victor had at the end of last year kind of he leveled up and Ludwig just uh, leveled up as well, but that he's still not on the same level as Victor Hovland. I just don't know if, if by the end of his career, like he's able to, you know, take that next step. Cause I'm, I'm so much more, um, what's the word conservative with, with picking these players and saying where they're going to go now. Cause in the moment it feels like everything is there. Um, And, and of course that quote, that I said um, from the, the two random guys at the PGA tour uh, event this past week where Sean Martin was going and getting coffee and tweeting about it. And that was kind of funny because they were all shitting on him for going to Starbucks and not a local coffee shop, which I am in agreement with, but apparently he was going too early. So only Starbucks was open, which, I mean, if you're a local coffee shop and you got a PGA tour event in the, in the area, you gotta, you gotta be there early. That's neither here nor there. But the- wait, 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 real quick. My my whole gripe with Starbucks versus your local coffee shop. I love local coffee shops, but there's no regulation as to how good they're going to be. Like, I hate to say it, but Starbucks is just 99 on the black. It's a, like you can't fucking miss. I order what's your Starbucks order, Spencer? Some fruity bullshit. Uh, I'm a big fan of the pink drink. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly what i thought uh, which is no, you actually refresher with coconut milk fire 
Um, my okay. go-to coffee order though, it changes. I'm, uh, sometimes I'm a, you know, vanilla latte with oat milk guy. I'm usually a seasonal guy. So I get into the pumpkin spice occasionally. I get into the, um, right now there's like a sugar cookie, almond milk latte, which is fire. Sugar cookie hits, yeah. Um, in my, in my personal opinion, uh, yeah, Starbucks for life. Correct. Um, in my personal opinion, I think the brown sugar oat milk shake and espresso is the best drink that has probably ever touched my lips. Like I could drink one of those every single day if I had the choice and they are so fucking good. Although there is some times where somebody like won't get it exactly right. Um, and you can just tell automatically by looking at it, you know, you've seen those memes where it's like, I just paid $7 for this and you look at it and you know, it's just not what you wanted. Um, it's not going to taste how it's supposed to, but Starbucks at the end of the day, 99% of the time, you know, the quality of what you're getting and it's usually pretty fucking good. And I'm not saying I've had bad coffee at, at certain coffee shops. I, I wish there was just like, there's certain things in life that I wish were regulated. Like what, how coffee is supposed to taste or like th here's we, another thing. We start big coffee. Yeah, there, exactly. Like, like just regulate the whole coffee business. Yeah. I, I just think it should all be good. I'm not saying it's some of it's bad, but yeah, maybe I am. Um, but another thing like this is random, but why are men's jeans like normal? Basically the size is the size of your waist, but then women it's like some random fucking number. And all these numbers and like letters and shit like I there's so many things that just and then you get a large shirt from one place and it fits way bigger than a large shirt from another place. I feel like there should be regulations. I just like consistency. I'm a big consistency guy. I'm a big routine guy. And so when things get me out of my routine, I, I can't stand that shit. And that's why going into a local coffee shop sometimes can throw you off because you don't know if you're ordering correctly uh, they could have like a special way of doing things. Uh, maybe the cup sizes are not like there's some random names that you've never heard of uh, and you don't know how to pronounce it. There's just so many things like, you know what you're getting when you go into Starbucks. So I'm sorry I had to go off on that rant, but I feel pretty strongly like I don't think people should get shit for going to Starbucks. And I know billions of people do, but it's a good it's like Chick-fil-A. Like there's a reason Chick-fil-A has lines out the ass all the time because they're good at what they do they're efficient and not every starbucks is efficient i would say chick-fil-a is better there but when places are that busy there's a reason they're that busy so all the power to uh this guy for going to starbucks instead of your supporting local coffee like give me a break i will say uh i the one thing i do agree with you on even though i'm team local coffee shop is when you go into a place where you don't really know what to order and then they kind of look at you like you're a fucking idiot. Like, yes, I don't like that. I, that yeah. stresses me out. And, and I will give Starbucks that and ordering on the app or whatever ahead of time is great. But once I know my order or like something like, especially that I've had at a local coffee shop and I feel comfortable about that, I order it over and over again. And the coffee shop by my house, well, there's two. Um, the one that we, the one that we've been to a, a few more times, Sojourners, is awesome because what they do is they, I'm like a big flavor, mix it up kind of guy. 
I'm not like your, I'll get a black coffee occasionally, but I'm like, if I'm going to a coffee shop, I'm getting, I'm going, getting up on it. And so like at, at Sojourners, they have like a menu of all their specialty drinks with all the special names. Like they have like a s'mores and then they have like a PB and J like that's the shit I fuck with. And that's why I love that place. Cause you walk in there and you can see what the fuck is in the drink and then you order it and you get that like the other place unravel great place the vibe is off the charts at this place uh you know there's hanging plants everywhere it's always busy um but their menu has like four words on it and it fucking stresses me out like i don't know what you have like i one time i ordered an espresso because i thought like brown sugar oatmeal shaken espresso right starbucks normal drink and i got like a fucking cup the size of a shot glass and that was all i got and so I was like, what the fuck is this? So that that part I do completely agree with you on. It's just the fact that like I like to go somewhere that, you know, the dad has to wake up at 5 a.m., go open the shop, and then he's got, you know, local that's that's my thing. Oh, no, and I love local coffee shops, but I think local spots are more for like people that live around there, in my opinion. I'm not saying that you can't not you can't go there if you don't live around there. But I am much more of a, I go to my local coffee shop if I live there. And like you said, you get comfortable with it. You know what's on the menu. I could go to a Starbucks in freaking India right now and probably get the same thing that I get here in America. Like that, that is what I think for consistency. People just want that consistency. They want a decent product. And like you said, I mean, it's kind of on you for not knowing what, uh, literal espresso is because that's just fucking an espresso shot so i think that's on you for being a dumbass uh but for the most part there is a lot of those coffee shops where you're like what does this even mean why i don't know why i'm ordering this and it's almost like a surprise me like i'm gonna order this and let's just see what comes out um quick side note i was at i stopped at uh what is, is it caribou coffee and in the Denver airport waiting for you to pick me up because uh, you were late. No surprise there. And uh, I ordered this thing and it, it was completely like the chick completely butchered it. And, you know, it's not really their fault. It is, but I can't hold it against them. But then I will hold this against her. Cause I, I said, can I get one of those Danishes? It was, or it was just, or I'm sorry, it wasn't even a Danish. It was like a croissant. I was like, can I get a croissant? And I like pointed into the window and she goes, do you want cream cheese with that? And I'm like, sure. I mean, if you're going to stick one of those little piping things in there and dump some hot cream cheese in my croissant, then I'm not going to say no. Like who doesn't like good, good cream cheese? Who doesn't like someone to dump a good load of cream cheese in there? Yeah. It's like uh, that, that Cinnabon, like, yeah, I want the hot sticky goo on top, like fucking give it all to me. Uh, But then I got my order and it was just a bagel with cream cheese. I'm like, in what world did I fucking order a bagel? I I don't think you can fuck up the words croissant and bagel. Like, just blew my mind. Like, she was not listening to me whatsoever. Probably looking in the other direction while I was ordering. Um, but yeah, that's that's the shit that pisses me off. Especially with... I don't want to get into more big coffee, but a venti is like eight bucks now. Like if I'm paying eight bucks for a, a coffee, it better be fucking good. Like I'm not, 
throwing my money away to waste it on some fucking poop dog shit some brown shit in the bottom of a cup that tastes like ass wow i just really this hot bean water you got a lot but i i have one more take uh not regarding big coffee but regarding something you said about me being late um i was in fact late but i think something that grinds my fucking gears and i love you to death i really do but i fucking hate picking you up from the airport i hate picking anyone up from the airport if you need to go to the airport, you fucking drive yourself or you fucking Uber or you Lyft. I, and, and I love you more than any, just about, there's like three humans on the earth that I love more than you. Maybe one, maybe two. Um, and it like, I can't stand the airport pickup people. Like fucking Uber. That's what Uber's for. Lyft. And I'm not I, necessarily talking about you here because you always ask and you're nice about it. And I get it. But I, I fucking, when I go to the airport, you know what I do? I get in my car, I drive, and I pay 30 bucks a day to park there because I'm fucking financially stupid. But it's, I don't ask anyone what fucking, when I want to get there when I want to get there. I want to not fucking wait on anyone. I want to leave when I want to leave. Like, I'm not big pickup airport guy. I hate it. I, I understand, and that's like an adult thing. And if it was a weekly thing, I would get it, but... If it's once every few months, I don't mind the airport pickup. It's more of the, uh, like, me being at your mercy of you being late and not telling me. And I, like, text you that I'm, like, walking to be outside. And you're like, oh, I'm, like, 40 minutes away. I'm like, well, that's fucked up. You could have let me know. I mean, I hate to air our dirty laundry here on the podcast. But Spencer's very much of, like, a... I'm going to do something nice for you, but if I fuck it up, you can't say anything because I'm doing you a nice gesture. And I still told you I appreciate it, but I'm like, you could have just let me know so I didn't feel like I needed to rush out to the fucking uh, passenger pickup just to sit there for 40 minutes waiting for your ass because your your inability to plan is off the charts. So uh, that's just one one of Spencer's many things that he likes to do but i appreciate the airport pickups that's like if it's a if it's a holiday or whatever you'd much rather get a ride from somebody you know on top of an uber from your house to the airport's like 60 70 bucks so that's kind of ass for like a, a 40 minute ride it's set you're paying 70 dollars, and i understand it's a convenience but then you got to go over and fight through a crowd of people that are all trying to get the same uber and it's a fucking nightmare like I don't know. I just, I, I appreciate the pickups, but uh, you're just, your head's always in the fucking clouds somewhere. I just like to live in the clouds, you know? That's pretty um, much where you live. The clouds, the clouds are the space where I feel the most safe and the most comfortable. Because if I'm too down to earth, then shit starts getting, I start thinking too much. I start getting you know all getting anxiety and shit about random things that i don't need to get anxiety about i think like, you think so i, much I just like to rather I just like to be aloof, you, you, aloof? Yeah. that means you're yeah. like an asshole that that well, means like you're a student oh that doesn't that's not what you mean either but that's we'll just keep going uh let's get back to some golf let's talk yeah. about the the rasmus well, well, first of all, it's Nikolai. Second of all, hold on just a minute because 
before we get into the DP World Tour, we want to tell you guys about our great friends over at Breckenridge Distillery. They have the best bourbon in the world. I feel confident in saying that. Um, I had a couple, I pre-gamed last night the DNVR Friendsgiving, uh, and I pre-gamed it with a Breck, Breck Distillery. First one on the rocks, second one I mixed with a little Coke Zero. Uh, I drink it every Sunday at the tailgates. It's by far the best bourbon in the world, and it's a great holiday gift. So you're going to, you know, you're, you're doing a white elephant gift. Alcohol is never an L. Never an L, and especially there's, uh, like my favorite Breck Distillery bourbon is the rum cask finish because it's got that per- perfect little teal logo. Tastes great. Uh, I'm a distillery is the highest distillery in the world. They also ha- are, have multiple award-winning whiskeys and bourbons. They've also got Ricky Seltzers, which are made with Breck spirits. Um, and the Breckenridge Distillery is, in, is from Colorado, but it's in all 50 states. Um, and you can use it. You can find it at www.breckenridgedistillery.com uh, for home delivery or to find it at a store near you. Also want to tell you guys about our friends over at Burrito Express. When you go down to the Arizona area for some golf, if you live in a cold weather state, you'll want to make your way down to Arizona this fall, winter, whatever you want to call it. I know winter definitely doesn't start for another three weeks or whatever, but it, December, as far as I'm concerned, is winter. And if you go down to Arizona to play golf or hang out, just be in the warm weather, Burrito Express is by far the best place to get your breakfast burritos. Um, and you want to be able to get the breakfast burritos. You can get the late night burritos and definitely check out the Tempe location. Tempe location is right next to really close to Arizona state's campus. So if you're there, check it out. Burrito express is by far the best burrito we've ever had. And we always hit that place right when we get out of the airport and we Uber like a normal person should from the airport to the next area. Um, so, all right. Nikolai Hoygaard winning the DP World Championship. We're starting, we're like finishing the year with a win, but also it feels like because we're starting a new year. I don't know. I don't know if that goes to the last, you know, last year's units or what, or we kind of reset our units. How does, how do we feel about that? Um, I think we're just on a rolling total what were i feel like at one point we were in a decent spot didn't we restart at the beginning of like the fall series um so anything like i mean this week we're giving out football picks so that's not even golf but i think it goes on our units like i think it has to just exemplify how good we are as betters you know when we're winning every single pick that we put out there psych uh i'm fucking terrible eric cole was my my last my last hope at winning a, uh, a golf bet. But anywho, uh, I think it will go on this year's included. Like it's just every pick that we give out restarting with the fall series. So I don't know what we're at. And I think we quit posting what units we're at because that's just not good for our well being um, and for our podcast numbers and popularity. Uh, if we completely fucking suck ass at gambling, which we do. So uh, but great pick on the win. I really did think that uh, Tommy Fleetwood had a really good shot. Rory was up there. Um, who else was? Did you do you remember who else was right at the top of that leaderboard? Or was it Rom? Rom made a push. Um, 
the duh, Danish Danish professional golfer Nikolai Hoygaard. Uh, Matt Wallace finished second. Victor Hovland finished third, and Fleetwood finished fourth. So you were you were close. You were there. You had two top Hovland threes this week. Right yeah, it was Hovland right up near the top. Um, but you can't really bet on those guys because the odds are so dog shit. Uh, so just a good pick on your part, dude. Hoygaard is another dude that is going to uh, definitely win quite a bit more. And I think he actually locked up if this was his first year where he was actually kind of splitting time between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. But I think we'll see him more often now over on the PGA Tour in some of the quote-unquote elevated events because I don't know what the fuck they're calling him again this year. Um, but I, I really think he's going to be in the conversation as you know, one of the, the top European guys uh, playing on the PGA Tour, and he really does have that potential with his ball striking. Like, he was getting ball speeds north of 190, which is not easy to do. Like, that is Cam Young, that is Tony Finau area level distance. Like, that is freaking insane. So, and honestly, he actually made, I think he made Eagle on 18 to really seal it which was also insane because it's a par five over water and he just clutched up at like four iron in um, to like 10, eight, 10 feet and then made the putt. Like the dude for being a 22 year old, he's got balls of steel. So he just really, really does not give a shit and just balls out over on the, the DP world tour. And I think he will win on the PGA tour at some point. Yeah. And it's what a great week for the future of golf this past week. Uh, it's kind of going into a lull time with Thanksgiving coming up and no, and you know, the, the hero world challenge and this, you know, random, the PNC father, son, or what, uh, whatever, you're not supposed to call it that, I guess, but the old, old and young challenge. Um, but the kind of a off the schedule events challenge. that are coming up to get that. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, oh, fuck. Never mind. Um, but no, the having a 22-year-old win the DP World Tour Championship and then having Ludwig Aberg, a 24-year-old, win the PGA Tour Championship, both of them Ryder Cup winners already at their young age. So kind of gives a glimpse of the future of golf. And guys like that are the guys of the, the PGA Tour specifically. If they're, if they're going to stay there, uh, they need to be um lifting those guys up and really like spotlighting those guys i think the time of justin thomas uh and guys like that and jordan spieth like yes everybody wants to hold on to the mems you know the good mems of 10 years ago but these are the guys that really need to be like spotlighted by the tour and like get get their name out there who are they what are they you know what are they doing uh, where have they been? And it's not very long because they're only 20, you know, fucking Hoygaard was born after 2000, which is absurd and disturbing. But they need to get those guys out there and, and familiarize people with them because they're going to be the ones that in 10 to 15 years are everybody's like, holy shit, you know, they, what a career these guys have had. Yeah, I mean, it's they're they're taking the place of Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and those other guys in their early 30s because as you know as as long as you can play golf these guys are getting so much better so much earlier that it is 
tough to see and i doubt we'll see you know a lot more of guys getting into their late 30s and early 40s and still having the success that you know a tiger woods or a phil mickelson did um because the longevity i mean it doesn't mean you can't play good golf but everybody's getting better and younger it, it's just I, I can't even put into words like i would say athletics in general but golf specifically there's like 18 19 year old kids that could go out and like win on tour which just blows my freaking mind like to think about you know our golf games at 18 well you, mostly your golf game i i definitely couldn't have won on tour but i we were in different places let's put it that way uh but these kids come out and they're like plus six plus seven and they're 18 19 years old and they're like ready to compete at the highest level it's just freaking unfathomable to me but yeah like you said the the tour needs to familiarize everybody with these younger names with these up-and-comers because those guys are going to be the jordan speed justin thomas uh tony finau of and maybe not finau that's kind of a different story but you know what i'm saying like the now household names that are in their early 30s these guys are those dudes 10 years ago so it's it's a little bit of a changing of the uh changing of the guard i feel like on tour uh with these younger dudes and and i really do feel like uh john rom is kind of in his in his peak sweet spot and this, and scotty scheffler like late 20s mid to late 20s you've got the experience out there but you still have all the game you still have the youth you still have the flexibility um but like even rory and i don't did you see rory's like they had nikolai hoygaard uh mic'd up when he was receiving his trophy at the dp world tour and rory's just such like a diplomatic like cornball now he was like what what do you great playing today dude and it's like what do you think you're hosting this tournament like you tiger woods and uh then he goes which one of you guys better at tennis and they're like talking about tennis and it it was just felt like very forced and corny to me. Like Rory didn't really want to be there. And also, by the way, we didn't even mention this on the pod, but Rory stepped down as a board member of the PGA Tour. Is that what it was? Yep. And he uh, got replaced by Jordan Spieth. Okay. So maybe, you know, Rory's kind of, I mean, we all know that Rory got sick of the PGA Tour and specifically Jay Monahan. Uh, pulling his bullshit throughout this last year but i think rory's kind of at the point where he's done you know being the figurehead and the uh the guy that everybody looks up to and wants to talk to and um i don't know it's it's just i think rory's going through somewhat of a career change a little bit in the way of no longer wanting to be the face of all these organizations and everything that comes with it because ultimately he hasn't won a major in over a decade and it's clear that his golf his trajectory when he was young to where it is now has not continued to grow he's somewhat plateaued in his career and i think i think he's probably realized that in order to get over that hump and to win another major he can't be in the media fighting everybody's battles and shaking hands and kissing babies you know he's not a politician he's out there to play golf so i hope he kind of gets back to that at some point and we see rory win a major but you know who knows yeah well speaking of the the post post round from the dp world tour championship we've got uh the picture here of the sick fucking trophy that nikolai hoygaard won and dude we did one of our og 
like back in the day, Big Drive Energy episodes was the best trophies in golf. And maybe we need to revisit that now with the new tournaments and the new things. But that thing looks like a fucking scepter. And I don't know how you display that. Um, I mean, it kind of, you know, like you walk around I, with I, it like a cane. <laughs> you just fucking... I'm, I'm familiar of walking around with something about that size, but not usually um, displaying it in my home for everyone to see. But that. If you're not uh, listening to, or if you're listening to this podcast on audio, make sure to check us out on the YouTube. You get our faces, you get graphics, whatever. YouTube.com, Big Drive Energy Golf. But yeah, that thing is fucking sweet. I like maybe you just put it outside your home like a fucking porch, you know? <laughs> yeah, you put could. It, like, you know how people have lights right outside their front door? You just fucking put it in a case right there like a porch. <laughs> I don't know. That would be very cool. You're, I don't know what's – adjust your mic again because I think it your audio just kind of dropped off there for a bit. Um, Spencer's – we've had technical difficulties all day. Um, the equipment just doesn't seem to want to work with us. I was actually, if you can believe it, I was the first one, like, ready to go with, like – and albeit, like, I literally have to plug two things into my computer and set this thing up, so – it's I have the easiest situation out of everybody, but I was still everything technologically was on point. So anywho, we've been having a little technical issues, so bear with us. Uh, but yeah, I think if he wins another one, you could like put him on the outside of his house, like those leaning torches and just light that shit on fire at the end. That would be I would like to see how much that thing is worth because it looks like it's covered in gold and God knows what like you could probably resell that for a couple hundred beans, but that is what's crazy. When you go over to Dubai, these dudes are just these oil guys that are like trillionaires. Money doesn't even like feel real to them. It, if I had to imagine, I can't even wrap my head around it, but uh, they have so much fucking money that they just make these super opulent things. Like the clubhouses are all sick. Their trophies, they hand out. They're just like, on top of all of it so you got to give him credit there for making like a dope trophy yeah that thing is absolute gas um before we get into a little bit more about the the PGA upcoming golf curtain, the upcoming pga tour well i guess we got multiple things to talk about still um john rom taking or having an offer on the table repeatedly for what 600 million i heard today yeah from live it's a lot like, of beans that's a lot of vente coffees that's that is a lot of starbucks coffees like what he doesn't give a fuck about that eight dollar coffee what what is your gut feeling right now um well so we we just got news today too like i guess this is constitutes as golf news that the pga tour is going to start being more hospitable towards its players and caddies providing uh cold plunge and uh saunas and so they must have been their their social media intern must have been listening to joe rogan they'd be like yeah dude all these we'll, we'll keep all these players if we just give them cold plunge tubs at the facility you know what i mean like We'll just haul these bitches all over the uh, all over America, so these guys can do a cold dunk after their round. Like, you know, like that's going to do anything. But what else? Do you have that list in front of you, Spencer, of what uh, what the PGA Tours improvements are going to be, like in ways of uh, amenities for the players? 
I do. This is from Josh via Josh A. Carpenter on the X but, uh, through by way of nuclear golf, which is they always, you know, they're not always correct on some of their scoops and takes, of course, but it's it's a good follow on the X. You, you don't have to be correct. You just have to be first. Exactly. Being correct doesn't matter. So, the PGA Tour will make changes and requirements for PGA Tour events. Some of the notables include enhancements to player and caddy dining options, cold plunge tubs for recovery, complimentary courtesy car and transportation service, private snacks and bathroom areas for the players' families. So they're getting fucking Gardettos, clearly, um, because Gardettos are by far the world's best snack. Uh and then additional player restrooms for on-course use. I'm kind of sad about that because you don't get to fucking have John Rom going in the shitter at waste management and like people fucking right around him at the porta potty. That was good content. Well, um, yeah, like John Rom's like, oh, should should I take these upgraded porta potty options or should I take six hundred million dollars? Like it's a, <laughs> it's a really tough debate, and you could tell that the PGA Tour specifically was uh, catering to John Rahm's needs when they added the extra porta potties. We don't need that dude shitting his pants out there, but it was pretty clear that he, he was not happy with the uh, porta John situation. So they were clearly trying to keep him there. And I, I don't think that's going to do it. Uh, but, you know, valiant effort to give players, like they don't have to run into some drunk asshole, especially at tournaments like the waste management and all that. Like there's no reason that the players shouldn't have, a private bathroom to go in and you know squeeze one out whatever you got to do in the middle of the round and have some fucking privacy like they they deserve that yeah and the last one complimentary dry clean well the last one listed here complimentary dry cleaning for players and caddies now that fucks i would love myself some complimentary dry cleaning you know like on like tony fina or no not tony fina sahith Tigala on the netflix full swing was doing his own fucking laundry remember that wasn't that Come at on. his house yeah but still you, you never have to do your own laundry if you have the complimentary dry cleaning just throw it in a bin at the pga tour tournament you're at and then you fucking whip it up and bring it back to you yeah i mean that is that is fire but the pga tour is just such, set such a low bar for what they do for the players that they're like oh well we'll get you complimentary laundry service like that that is something that like not even fortune 500 companies provide to some employees and like the pga tour touts itself as one of the biggest or you know non-profit organizations quote unquote um but it's a multi-billion dollar business and you're saying that a concierge laundry service is the best they can fucking do and then the upgraded like food options, what are they going to bring in extra guacamole for your Chipotle? Like they're the, it's just such a sad effort. Like it, it's like a poorly run organization, like the Oakland athletics soon to be the Las Vegas. It's like one of those organizations that you see that's just not very well put together, but they're, and then they try to do little things and I guess it makes somewhat of a difference, but the the floor was just so low for what they did for them anyways. They're like, hey, players, why don't you get all your shit together? Why don't you pay for your caddy to get here? Why don't you pay for yourself to get here? Why don't you find your own hotel room? Why don't you pay us to uh, play in this golf tournament and maybe you'll win some money? 
like the fact and maybe now it's just because live exists and they actually you know kind of flip the golf world on its head but if you're a part of an organization that you're making them all this money and you're still like i feel like the pga tour players have been gaslighted all these years at this point you know what i mean and and then all the old school guys are like no well that's how it's supposed to be it's like no that's it's like when you're in a bad relationship and you just keep convincing yourself it's good like at what point are you just going to be like yeah it it needs to get better yeah and the live put the pressure on you know everybody can say what they want about the live tour but it's put the proper pressure on pga tour and its organization to make it a better product for not necessarily for the viewer um, because the PGA tour is still going to dominate the views, um, but making it a better product for your players. And that shit matters. Uh, You can't, it's stuff you don't always see on the surface. And I'll go back to our four game win streak, Denver Broncos, but our, our ownership was, was in a bad way after Pat Boland died. And then we got, you know, we were purchased by the Walton Penner group. And now they've replaced the turf on the field in the middle of the season, two years in a row, which is like unheard of, but the players love that. And that's something that, you know, it's an investment that you're like, Oh, cool. They got new grass, but on a deeper level, it's like when players walk into an organization and there's now plans for a bigger, better training facility that even was just kind of redone, not that long ago, players that come in and want to, you know, you want to sign a free agent. You can't be doing it with, shit stuff and and that stuff matters to the players and it matters to their family how their families are treated all that kind of stuff oh absolutely and it's it's just the bare bones of like business in general it's not even professional sports it's it's taking care of the people that make you all this money like you can't take for granted these dudes that are putting the product out there on tv live for people to watch that's making you all these tv revenue dollars you can't keep give you know you can't keep giving them a back seat and being like hey you know you got to go if you have a shitty year i don't care how much you were on tv or whatever or the money you made us you got to go back down to the corn fairy tour and in you know in the bare bones aspects of it it, it is very like it's competitiveness at its truest form because you have to perform week in and week out to make your money, but you got to give these guys, like, I think they just set up a a program for first year tour players where you basically get a minimum of $500,000 and that's to cover travel expenses, everything throughout the year. So, you know, if you don't have the big caddy dollars, which you should, if your agents doing their big caddy dollars, big, big sponsorship dollars. Um, and if your agents doing their job, you'll have plenty of money to, you know, make your, make your, uh, caddy payments, make your, you know, pay for your hotels, pay for your travel. But the, the PGA tour just does so little for their players. Like ultimately I'm glad they're starting to turn inward. And although it's a small step, like I'm, I'm glad they're looking more internally and being like, what are we doing to keep these guys here? Because they essentially did have a monopoly going before Live, and now that there's this other option, like, and Live is so clearly giving the players more and doing more for them, it's dumb not to like take a look at it. And I'm sure John Rom, you know, we can get into this offer a little bit and like what it would look like with him going, but that has to play into 
his his thoughts is he's he's going to be playing less events he's going to be making a shitload of money um and apparently uh so from a contract standpoint was it correct that he the money wasn't the issue it was he wanted to change the format do we know what that looks like at all spend do you have any idea spencer no we don't i would imagine though like it's funny because now rom becomes like the guy that really moves the needle for both tours in way of of now we're seeing the pga tour like we joked about the shitter thing but like specifically making something that would make his hit you know his personal uh tournaments better but i didn't see exactly what rom said but now rom is like rom is like a borderline lebron james in this in this specific instance where if he comes to the live tour if he's got shit to say he's going to be the guy people listen to you know yeah he's going to be the guy that like they will make they make rules for guys like john rom you know so i'm assuming if i had to guess is i would guess that like it would be more of like making it a little more golfy. I, you know, I don't know, maybe like not the three day like shotgun RV events. I don't know if they're going to change all of that. <laughs> Just a little bit more golf. What's that? You're well, saying yeah, like, like a more traditional I golf, golf, I guess. Traditional golf. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily see live going in that direction because their whole shtick is, is, you know, they're different and they're new and all this shit, but, uh, yeah, I could definitely I would almost say that John John Rahm is more like James Harden. Like you can do this for me, but you know, there's a chance I leave anyways. And I'm not saying I think John Rahm is a better player than James Harden, because I think at this point James Harden's like top five worst people to have on your team in the NBA. Um but John Rahm, like I, I wouldn't blame him for looking at other options and having you know, having the choice to go over there and play on the live tour, especially like I said, with the money they're throwing at him. And it is kind of funny. Have you noticed that when the live tour first started, they had all these big players they want to get and they got Phil and they got Brooks and they got these guys. And now it almost feels like the live is constantly like what they're catering to whatever big guy they can bring in next. You know what I mean? Like, they now they want Rom. Oh, we're gonna change the rules for John Rom. Oh, we'll do anything to get Rom. It's like what happened a year ago, you know, when you did all this to get Brooks Kepka and did all this to get Phil and all these other guys that you paid a bunch of money to. Like, you know, that it feels like they're constantly searching for that next big get in order to at what point are they gonna be like, okay, we have a enough of a quote unquote star studded um field every week that we don't need to keep going out and offering these dudes half a billion dollars to come play over here you know what i mean yeah i do feel like while you're correct rom is he is the biggest get that there could possibly be right now uh he's a number one player in the victor hovland would be a bigger get in my opinion or scotty scheffler i mean i Rom from a yeah from an international standpoint and a few other things but I still think that he there's a few more guys that still move the needle a little bit more than Rom and I'm not saying Victor's absolutely there yet but I think the potential of what Victor could do coming off of the season he came off of like and I would just be curious to to hear how many offers like 
has Liv offered Ludwig Oberg? Like, I said it right that time. Credit to me. Um, have they offered pretty much? Is there like a standing offer for any like young rising star? Like, hey, you know, or or, or is that basically the PJ Tour stocking horse? Where are these dudes stocking horse when they, you know, they feel underappreciated on tour? They go over and they get an offer from Liv and then they take it back to the PGA Tour and be like, this is what they offered me. What can you do for me? You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic. Uh, we'll obviously see how it unfolds. And they just released their schedule today. Spencer, do you want to get into that? Yeah. So they've got uh, the full schedule release for next year. Um, we've got starting in February. Good at words today. I feel like you're just fucking up a lot of words. I am. Uh, they released their 2024 schedule. First tournament of the year will be February 2nd and 4th at the Mayakoba. Uh, February 8th through 10th will be in Las Vegas, which that is maybe Super Bowl week time. I don't know. I, the Super Bowl is usually the, that Sunday. So, it, yeah, it is going to be. In- it is over oh, Super damn. Bowl. So they'll have a, a hell, like a crazy crowd for that, I would imagine, in Vegas. Uh, and then they go to Saudi Arabia and Hong Kong in March. April, it just says USA. So I don't know what the fuck that means. Maybe they haven't locked in their April date yet. Um, and then April 26th through 8th, they go to Adelaide. May 3rd through 5th, Singapore. And then they come back to the United States and go Houston and Nashville. I mean, going to Nashville in mid-June doesn't sound like a bad thing for us to be able to do next year. Uh, and then Andalucia in July, United UK in later July, uh, the Greenbrier, August 16th through 18th, and then the individual and team championship schedules coming soon. So, I think it's uh, Andalucia because um, that's in Spain where Josh Hunter – I think is a member at the place they're hosting the live event. You remember Josh, obviously. Oh yeah. Holy shit. Maybe we'll have to get out to Spain. Fuck it. Let's go, let's go to Spain in July. And Spencer with a fucking one year old child and a wife that's about to fucking kill him. Yeah. That'll, that'll go over well. Um, a couple but, of things that didn't go over well this week we can touch on really quick is tiger. So tiger woods, couple of things in the news from him. One, he is playing the hero world challenge that he's hosting uh our friend tiger right here on the youtube check it out we got a great photo of him swinging um he'll play the hero world challenge starting november 30th so a couple about a week from today uh, and it's only a 20 player field lucas glover is going to be there sick you know like what like they announced that like it's like fucking <laughs> like what yeah, but wow. tiger will be playing in that but now the tgl that we've touched on and the teams and all this shit that was just coming out will be postponed until 2025. Um, and I don't know if you saw the pictures of the fucking arena, but good God. Looks like the Metro Dome back in the day in Minnesota and the snow just fucking caved her in. Well, so it, it's not an arena. It's a big fucking tent. Like, is this the Barnum and Bailey Circus? They just threw a tent up? Like, how much quicker... Tiger's a fucking billionaire. You can't tell me these dudes don't have the money to invest in an actual like building to to do this in. You know, I, that just blows my mind. Like, oh yeah, let's throw like a hospitality tent up and put some simulators in it. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? That that should actually crack me the fuck up because that is a joke. 
Like, you got to be kidding. The, the tent blew over. And this is supposed to be the next big thing in golf. And <laughs> you, you basically just wiped out the arena with a big gust of wind. What are we doing here? <laughs> like, I, I was shocked when I saw that. And just the fact that, like, you delayed a year because your tent blew down. I, you could get a fucking group of, like, 24 dudes out there. You could have that tent back up in a week. Like, I know hurricane season is around the corner, whatever, so I don't know if they want to fuck with it. Here's an idea. You maybe you just use some cement and some wood, and you just build a fucking building. That that would be... Build an, act, an actual structure. Yeah, like, they're, they're selling this all, all over. That would be like the NFL throwing up a fucking tent in the middle of a field and, like, spray-painting yard lines on and be like, this is our football field now. This is where... We're going to televise an event for millions of people to watch and we'll sell billions in ad revenue. Like that just, you can kind of tell as shitty as it sounds like how much of a scrambling act this was like, Oh, what could we do to, you know, this wasn't very well thought out. This was not a long thought. This hasn't been in the making for years. It's been like a, Oh, what could we do to, you know, combat live? What could we do to grow the game? Oh yeah, let's just do a simulator league. Like, go to fucking X Golf. Go to, you know, I I don't know what the solution is, but that cracked me the fuck up. Like, it looked like a literal like fire fest. Like, imagine showing up for that and you like hitting the head with a metal pole and the fucking tarps come down on you. Like, that's that's <laughs> insane. The true definition of a golf fire fest. Um, all right. Well, we're going to get into, since this is our Thanksgiving week episode, we're going to get into what we're thankful for in the golf world. But first, we want to tell you guys about who we bet with, and that is Bet365, Never Ordinary. Use promo code ALLCITY when you sign up and you get to choose your offer. You choose between a first bet safety net of $1,000 or bet $5 and get 150 in free bets when you sign up using that code. Must be 21 plus and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. There's all sorts of boosts uh, each week for same-game parlays. You can They have a $10 NFL uh, par- same-game parlay that then if you bet a couple of them, you get a free bet. Um, they have the early payout offer. So you get straight bets and, pay- and parlays paid out if your winning team goes up by 17 points uh, that's happened four times this year and twice in Broncos games, because uh, if you, so if you took bears money line against the Broncos back when we won our first game of the year um, and the bears got up 21 to nothing or 21, whatever it was, 21 to three, that, that bet would have paid out at that point. And same with the Broncos commanders game, where if you had Broncos money line, even though they lost, uh, they got up 21 to three and the bet just automatically paid out. So make sure you're checking out bet three, six, five. We're going to get into our picks for this week. And since there is no golf, uh, we've got a nice little graphic for you here. We did all of our Thanksgiving NFL bets. There is nothing better than uh, a Thanksgiving of just getting on the couch, 1030 AM. You've already started drinking some Breckenridge distillery uh, bourbon. And you sit down, you get on the Bet365 app, and you place your bets. So I'm going with the Green Bay Packers plus 7.5 tomorrow against the Detroit Lions. Lions are kind of a wagon, but I still feel like they're a little bit of, not frauds, but they're like 
everybody thinks that they're a Super Bowl level team, and like I just don't see it yet personally. Uh, so I'm going to take the Packers. It's a divisional game. Thanksgiving always gets a little wonky. So, and I'm getting a touchdown and the hook. Next up, I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk to have an anytime touchdown at plus 150 in the Niners game. He's been scoring like their whole offense is just a, disgusting. You don't know if it's going to be Kittle or Debo or C Mac or uh, Brandon Ayuk or Kyle Uzcheck or Brock. Per- like there's just so many weapons on that team. But Ayuk's been hot lately. And the Seahawks do have a good pass defense, but Ayuk's kind of the forgotten man when they get to the red zone. You know, Ayuk's the guy that's getting the one-on-one matchups. So I like him to score anytime touchdown at plus 150. And then Deron Bland, the the cornerback out of nowhere, everybody thought the Cowboys were hosed when Trayvon Diggs went down. And this guy's about to set a record for most pick sixes in a season with six. Has one more to go, and I bet he does it tomorrow. And just him getting an interception period is plus 675. So I'm taking that plus 675 Duran Bland to get an interception. Cowboys are playing the commanders. They're going to get a lot of pressure on Sam Howell. He's going to throw one up to to what he thinks is going to be Terry McLaurin. It's going to come down with Duran Bland housing one for his sixth and record-setting pick six of the year. I do I do like all of those picks. So my top pick, the first thing when I looked at the board for tomorrow, um, I like Packers Lions over. I feel like it's gonna be a little bit of a shootout because the Lions defense I think is a little bit fraudulent. Spencer touched on it. It's their offense is probably top five in the league right now, but they just can't stop anybody. So I think uh Packers Lions goes over 46 and a half. Um, then I've got Tony Pollard scoring the first TD in Commanders Cowboys. I, I think the the Cowboys are going to be scoring quite a bit, and Tony Pollard's always the the dude getting those goal line touches. So I think he's going to be first one to score. Um, and then San Francisco minus six and a half. They're like Spencer said, very dynamic. You're buying a half point here. I think the spread right now is seven. Uh, so buy the half. It's worth it to to win versus push. Um, bet the spreads right at seven. So buy it down to six and a half, but I, I don't know if you're even going to need it. Like, I think we could see the uh, Seahawks get shit stomped tomorrow night and they just ruled Kenneth Walker out for the game. So if, you know, I think that adds a little something to it there where, uh, you know, if the, the Seahawks can't run the ball and Geno Smith is not fully healthy either. So I could see it getting sideways for the Seahawks pretty quick. Like, Hope I'm I'm really actually hoping it gets sideways quick because I think we're going to be driving back from Missy's parents' mom's place by then. So uh, hopefully, when this game like it gets ugly quick, we're like, okay, let's get out of here. You know, you don't feel the need to to stay glued to the TV to watch it. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, Genos, we could be getting Drew Locke. So you know, yeah. if we get Drew Locke, it's going to get very ugly. Yeah, well, let's go. Let's finish this episode up with a few things that we're thankful for, and then a fairway or four Thanksgiving edition. Um, I'm thankful in the game of golf for guys like this is going to sound lame as hell, but guys like Ludwig Aber, Ober, Aber, <laughs> fucking a that name, and Nikolai Hogard, and, and younger dudes that are coming up that are um, just winning right off the bat. It, it, I'm thankful for them because it's going to make the game of golf continue to grow and kids stay into it and and see that they can have success quickly it also makes me feel like shit but makes me try to be a better person i guess because 
Uh, I got 22 year old kids born after 2000 that are winning PGA tour events. And I look at my life and I'm like, ah, cool. You're really doing well. <laughs> yeah. Um, what am I thankful for in the game of golf? I would have to say I'm pretty thankful for how consistently well I drive the ball when I am on the golf course. Like there's not very many days where I go out there and don't know where the ball's going off the tee. So that, that is like such a relief that a lot of people and I sound like arrogant right now, but I'm just calling it like it is. I'm not a long hitter, but I generally know where I'm hitting it off the tee box. So uh, I'm thankful for my own driving ability. Pat on the back to me. Does that sound like a douchebag move? Damn, that's yeah, that's a pretty tough look there. But no, I but I mean, you worked hard on it. You know, it is what it yeah, is. And it's not like I hit it. I don't hit it 320 like Ludwig Ober. I hit it two fucking 65, 270, but I know where it's going. So that's a, uh, a great benefit of, to my golf game, even though I hit it fucking nowhere. Yeah. And even though we kind of shit on, like we shit on the general idea of the simulator league and trying to make it a multi-million dollar thing, but I am thankful for simulators and, and living in a place like this where I can go and this winter and hit balls or play some courses like I rem I remember going for the first time last year and I had a, such a different view on it. But now I, after playing one of the X golf leagues, like I and thought it was time and it's just a way to, you know, you're never going to get that feel of being actually out on the golf course, a twilight round, morning round, whatever it is, once it starts snowing, but the overall feel of just being able to go somewhere, hang out with some buddies, drink a few beers and hit some golf balls and be kind of competitive at that. Like, I'm not competitive at very many indoor sports like I, like bowling or, or leisurely things like that. So golf is something I can be competitive at and and actually, you know, as as real as simulator some simulator leagues are, like they're still still fun to go and, and hit balls and just have a few drinks. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Um my last thing I would say that I'm thankful for in the game of golf is it really feels like country clubs and just public courses in general, they're starting to cater more towards younger people. And I'm not saying you can't cater to the older people too, but golf is for everybody. It's not just for the old people. You can bring in really cool stuff like pins and aces into your pro shop. You can make drink specials. You can normalize music on the golf course and not have all these, you know, old stuffy people telling you to get off their lawn like they own the fucking place so i think golf the general direction of of your public golf courses and your country clubs um you know there's still those country clubs out there that turn their nose up at you you know no hats in the uh no hats in the clubhouse you gotta wear this you gotta wear that blah 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 but for the most part i think golf is just getting to the point where it's for everybody like you don't have to be some high-end executive to play at a, a nice place. So I just really appreciate that. And I think everybody realizing, you know, that golf is going in this direction, people are finally starting to, to grasp what that looks like and kind of planning for it versus, you know, just shunning it and being like, you know, this will go away. Um, golf is going to go back to how it always used to be it's not it's evolving so i'm glad I'm, I'm happy to see courses starting evolving starting to evolve with the the times of the golf industry yep i love that so everybody enjoy your or should we get to our thanksgiving fairway yeah. or four yeah Before we I, tell people to enjoy their thanksgiving full of family football and food um yeah, all right do I've you want to start yeah i've got a good one and that i feel like um 
I don't know how controversial it'll be. And I don't know if Marissa's available to weigh in on this, but uh, she seems like she has kind of a chicken tender palate. So she probably will disagree with me on, oh, there she is. Uh, so my take, and I don't even think it's an outrageous one, but I think if you like, if you still like white meat on the turkey, you're a child. Like you, you're a teenager or younger if you still go for the white meat versus the dark meat, because the dark meat just tastes 10 times better. It's got so much more flavor. The white meat's usually all dried out. Um, it's just something that it's a little kid thing to like, like the white meat just cause it, it looks nice. Like it looks, you know, clean and, and normal, but the dark meat's where it's at. So you guys can, you guys can give me your opinions here. This, this will be good to put on a graphic. <laughs> Light meat is for children. Jesus Christ. I know. I, well, the, we're talking Turkey. Okay. We're, this we'll, is turkey. It, we'll start it with the Turkey leg emoji. Yeah, so well, so what's your opinion, Spencer? You just... oh, dark meat's by far the better of the meats, but ninety percent of the time you have so much gravy on it that it doesn't really matter. Like that's that's the the point of the gravy is to just you know soak that turkey and fucking moisten it up, moisten that fucking dry meat up, you know. Yeah. I, okay, Marissa, what's your opinion? I don't like turkey. Um... But I would usually go for like the dark meat versus the light. I know, I know. It's just dry, regardless. See, but that's you're eating the wrong meat. If you if you think <laughs> if you think turkey's dry, try the dark meat. It's I, I don't disagree with you. I just feel like anymore Thanksgiving is just the same year in, year out. So everybody wants to have a new take about Thanksgiving. And it's just like it's stuffing, it's by the way, stuffing. And that's another thing I feel like people are like, oh, this is a hot take. We should eat stuffing year round. It's like, yeah, no shit. It's so fucking good. Like buy a box of stuffing in July and eat it. It tastes the same. But stuffing is fire. Turkey, you don't eat it very often. That's why, you know, once a year, it's good shit. Um, but yeah, the white meat, I'm out on that at this point. If I have the choice, I'm always going dark meat. And you can clip that. Well, so yesterday, so my February 4, yesterday we had DNVR Friendsgiving and we didn't have uh we didn't have a turkey there, but there was a ham there. And so my take, and this might this is probably a spicy one. I just think it's I'm just saying overall, you know, it, it kind of comes to light more on Thanksgiving, but a ham, a good ham is better than a, a turkey. And I would I will take that to my grave. Just like my pork chop take about steaks, like a good ham is just as good as turkey or be it's just better. We'll just say that. Yeah. See ham for me, I love ham, but it's more of like a breakfast slash. It's not something I, I visualize like eating for dinner. It's something that I like put on sandwiches or like eat for breakfast with like eggs and toast or whatever or you put in a sandwich. Ham is more of a sandwich thing to me. It's not, standalone like you're just sitting there eating ham but i do love like one of my my things is if i'm ever rich enough i will just keep like a full honey baked ham in my house at all times because it's just the perfect thing to like reach into the fridge and grab a pe that piece of ham and just eat it like that like it's either like a snack food to me or like a it, it's, it doesn't give main character energy like a turkey's like very you know in your face the presentation all of it Ham's just kind of like there for you to pick at. Like it's very, 
very uh uh what i don't even know the word i'm trying to say uh the non-main character beta it's yeah it's very beta and ham is super beta very passive it just sits there and lets turkey get all the shine so marissa what's your thoughts on the ham i love ham so i would choose ham any day over turkey okay big ham cow noted (laughs) (laughs) noted noted. okay let's finish this shit up all right that wraps it up for us this week we appreciate you all tuning in like and subscribe on the youtube if you're watching this on there give us a thumbs up if you're listening to it on a podcast platform, please give us a rating on there. It helps us out with the pod. Appreciate you all tuning in each week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Uh, enjoy betting all weekend. Enjoy the food. I'm going to get so drunk tonight. Oh, yeah. It's blackout. My girlfriend's going to hate me. It's, it's time to go. All right. <laughs> enjoy your Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you guys next week with another edition of Big Drive Energy. Peace. 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 Y'all silly like the mayor.